Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. <laughs> it's just too great. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he. Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C, C, Senor. Dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Joseph R. Biden, functional human. <laughs> and why do you say that? Well, I watched the speech last night to see whether he came off as a completely doddering old fool. And though he is uh, certainly addled a bit by time, not as sharp as he once was, he did not come off as a a senile old man. Absolutely not. And uh, I was just looking at the New York Post headline, and they're not very favorable to people on the left. Uh, Biden clears bar. I think that's a pretty good description. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, that was part of the whole... Uh, continuing to um, put it out there that, you know, he, he doesn't know what day it is or where he is and all that sort of stuff. Uh, that right. Nobody was even hoping for. Preemptively lowering said bar. Yeah. 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 I'll yeah. tell you what, if we even <laughs> come within 45 uh, points a state, it'll be a victory for this program. I mean, come on, that's more or less the expectation. Yeah. I have plenty to say about the speech. It had more horse crap in it than Churchill Downs, but uh, it, it was not a senile old man. I believe that to be a horse racing track. <laughs> exactly. Famous horse racing track where there would be many horses, and therefore one could only assume ample fair, amounts. <laughs> a fair amount of horse dung would be about. We now, we now have footnotes on the show. Apparently. <laughs> There would be a great deal of dung about. <laughs> Precisely my point! <laughs> oh, I finally figured out the perfect metaphor for why I'm so tired of all this. Okay. I could hold it back. We could get to that in a bit. Or the whole thing. Is it because it's exhausting? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is it because every day is exactly the same and And, none of it's good? uh, Well, yeah. Yeah, almost precisely. It it reminded me of being in school where they taught you about nouns and verbs one day. And and you thought, oh, yeah, person, place, thing. I get that verb. That's what they're doing this year for fifth grade. Parts of speech. Oh, Excellent. I thought, okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Is duck a noun or a verb? Well, actually, that's an interesting case. If they had a picture of the bird, you'd say, well, that's clearly. A Let me throw this at your head. Then that's a verb. And you think, I'm okay. I'm going to throw a duck at your head. That will be an irony. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and urge you to avoid it. <laughs> but then you show up the next day, and they teach you about nouns and verbs. And then the next day at school, it's nouns and verbs. You're not learning anything. You're not helping any. You turn to the other kids. Anybody need any help? No, we get it, too. And it's just the same thing, the same arguments, the same rhetoric over and over again. And there are some people who dedicate their lives to politics. They figure, hey, it's a crazy system. That's how we get things done. we got to frighten the herd into voting or entice them or bribe them or whatever. But that's the business. I mean, it just just, I don't have a lot of interest in nouns and verbs anymore. Joe Biden <clears throat> talking about how the tax cut was a giant giveaway to the rich when everybody who's looked into it knows that's not true. Just over and over again, the same dumb talking points. Ugh. Yeah, 
It gets tiring. And maybe it's time for a younger man to step in. I don't know. <laughs> do you want? Do you, oh, I just. Do you want to hear somebody go over it? Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. So, um, uh, non-politics, a sports thing. I haven't had a chance to read this because I'm uh, blocked out from whatever theathletic.com is. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a. They they grabbed a lot of famous sports writers from big places and kind of created their own okay. paywalled sports reporting. Okay, thing. so they're a big thing, but they oh, are, it's it's super sharp. Yeah, yeah really yeah. good journalism. Yeah. They are paywalled, and I can't read this, but I'll, I can read the first paragraph. Uh, it's about the NBA. The headline being uh, the NBA learning politics and sports don't mix. I'm not sure I'm sold. It's how much of it is the politics or not. But anyway, the desperate need for a new national TV deal comes at the exact moment that viewership interest in the league is cratered. Not merely ebbed, cratered. The NBA has fallen to a viewership low not seen since the 1980s. Yeah, I I remember in the 70s when the NBA Finals were like tape delayed, yep. and yeah. that was the famous thing about Larry Bird and Magic Johnson showing up. Is it brought back the NBA from being a tape delayed sport? Yes, it's, I do remember that as a kid. Unbelievable. I do remember that <laughs> as a kid. After Johnny Carson, they would run the game that was earlier in the night because they didn't want to bump primetime programming for a, a stupid NBA game that right. nobody wanted to see. Yep. But uh, the the ratings are back in that territory. It again. helps that there are now 7,000 channels. So, I mean, there's a home for everything. That's part but, of it. And I, I haven't gotten into the groove on the NBA, and I'm not not watching it because of the politics like you are, although I think that makes dead to me. perfectly good sense. I just haven't gotten back in the groove for some reason. I've right. watched every NBA. I've watched an NBA game every day since it's come back. None of them would be on any device that would count towards those ratings. That's Now, that's a good point, too. There you go, ladies and gents. A different perspective. So we've got three different reasons why the ratings yep. could be low. Just the COVID and throwing everything up in the air, and I'm just not back in the groove of watching sports. Right. You don't like the politics, and you watch, but not in a way that they would count on the ratings. Nope. Yeah. I, I would point out that The Athletic, though, as it is rather uh, serious about sports journalism, probably gets into that later in the paywalled article where they're talking about the money aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, do because any good. For, you know, a great example, the Armstrong and Getty show, we're bigger than we've ever been. I mean, huge. But the revenue picture has changed so much because of alternative media and the rest of it. You know, the revenue is not what it could have been or or even what it was, although, you know, we're doing fine. Um, oh, yeah, we're on radio stations that if this were 1990, I would have a yacht like that one Bannon got arrested on yesterday. <laughs> yeah, a- abs- absolutely. Yeah, if only. One of the, the biggest variables going forward in terms of the TV contracts with sports things is if one of the streaming companies wants to get involved with this, right? If Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. wants to buy the, the the broadcast rights for the NFL and it just becomes part of Amazon Prime, for I wish, example. I wish everybody would catch on to this, and it's... It, I, I get it. If you wanna, if you want to beat up a particular um, uh, show or thing, you use the ratings. Right. Whether you're talking about the NBA or the Democratic National Convention or the Oscars that I hate or any of those things, you look at the ratings are down. But it's really disingenuous. And that, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, we've actually had a radio executive say, "Guys, uh, what about the ratings? Uh, where have the listeners gone?" Um, we have millions of downloads of the podcast, Mi- literally millions. Gee, I wonder where they've gone. <laughs> Come on. There are just so many ways to access whatever you want to see. And honestly, Trump beating up the ratings for the Democrat sad Zoom meeting. Um, <laughs> and it, it was not very good entertainment, honestly. 
But uh, people were streaming it or watching on 11 different channels. or It's just the new world. Yeah. As uh, the kids say, it is what it is. You can either adapt to it and hustle or you, you give up and, and, and drink yourself to death. Um, and it's about 50-50 for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's introduce everybody in the squad to get started here. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Good. Uh, this will be Joe Biden's first day as pre- uh, as first as president. Here we go. Okay. As I promised, I am mandating a national mask requirement. Mardi Gras mask, Batman mask, celebrity mask. Whoever has the most creative mask will win lunch with Kamala and I. <laughs> He's going to raffle off lunches? Wow. Well, sounds like a radio promotion. Yeah, that, that mask mandate that he mentioned that strikes me as a little... Uh, but remember, the polling is, what, 75% of America thinks that's a good idea. So that's a winning political issue. There is uh, Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Another quick uh, sports-related note that because of the basketball team that I particularly root for, they suck. <laughs> One of the only things I actually look forward to every year is the draft lottery, when they might have a chance for something right. actually good to happen to them. Uh, it happened last night. It did not happen. My my team, the Sacramento Kings, they uh, they they finished where they were supposed to. They got the 12th pick. But of note... The Golden State Warriors, who were a uh, among the top teams in the league before they had injuries sure. to their star players. And First kinda... year they haven't been in the finals in six years. Well, they may have been the best team ever. And, anyway. and fortune bounced in their favor as they now have the number two pick in the upcoming draft. Wow. So mm-hmm. they will have their uh, future Hall of Famers returning from injury and add potentially a, a very good player to that. I might as well be talking about competitive croquet. It's dead to me. I did catch Steph Curry on the couch with his wife and kids talking about uh, Joe Biden and Trump last night. Did you see any of that? No. That was an interesting idea. Oh, boy. Tough thing to pull off. It was pretty well done, but a tough thing to uh, pull off. He is a charming guy, yeah. but he is his, a liberal. And his kids are charming, his wife's charming, and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Friday, August 21st, the year 2020. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. God, I just looked up at the screen, and the Postmaster General's up there. Right. Oh, there's a juicy one to talk about. All right, let's begin Send the show. Gazi, they're calling it. <laughs> they need to stop calling it that. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I'm a proud Democrat, and I'll be proud to carry the banner of our party into the general election. So it's with great honor and humility, I accept this nomination for president of the United States of America. And we're up and running. The campaign officially begins. He was kind of slurry. I noticed that at a couple points, too. Yeah, he slurs a lot of words. Mm. But, uh, hey, hey, uh, what's your, mm, your mm speaks louder than words. I was there to see whether he came off as addled or not. And in terms of being addled or not addled, I'd give him a solid B-. minus. That was the big question. Mm. And, you know, for a lot of America, it's either Trump or whoever. Um, unless they're terrified that he's just utterly addled, uh, I think he he he, you know, he leapt over the bar as we were discussing. Yeah, I don't think I would have watched that and think that guy can't last four years. I'd have thought he'd had a couple of cocktails. <laughs> Maybe he did. <laughs> he Maybe. sounds like a guy who'd had a couple of cocktails. Bingo. Probably, <laughs> probably back to back. I'm not talking about in the evening. I mean, like one and then another one. Mm. It's just a little, a little slurry. Um. So we got. I'm, no- Proud to be the presidential nominee of the Democratic Party. 
Just, just say how much I love all you guys. Th- that that <laughs> drunk, exactly. Just a little buzzed. So he, it means a lot to me that he, you guys are all here. He's been <laughs> under a lot of stress. You know, in the we, basement. Should do, we should all go in on a boat. <laughs> Think no, about it. No, it's I'm serious. Serious. You're mm-hmm. laughing, you guys. I'm serious. No, no, listen, we get together in January, <laughs> and you reserve weekends. Yeah. And you know what weekend the boat's going to be yours, and you, you can trade if you need to. You already got the truck. Right. <laughs> I got a big backyard. <laughs> we should buy a boat. <laughs> that drunk. That's how drunk he came off. So mailbag and clips of the week coming up next. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Is that office space where the guy smashed the copier with the sledgehammer? Oh, yeah. I'm going to do that with our coffee machine. Then I'll just pay for it because I'm sure I'll be on the hook for it. But I'm going to smash it into tiny pieces with the the sledgehammer. Maybe this way we'll get one that works. So when you show up to work, you can get a cup of coffee. I'm not in favor of that, but I'm not against it. I think it'd make me feel so good. (laughs) And it would be everything that's going on. You know, COVID, the economy, the fires near my home, everything. I'd take it out on the coffee machine. Right. Because I need the drug of coffee to deal with all that other stuff I just mentioned. Right, right, right. Well, that would be a very exciting smash, too. I mean, there's glass involved, there's metal, <laughs> yeah. there are liquids, there are coffee beans. Maybe I'll leave it plugged in. That way it might smoke. And coffee guys. grounds. Who knows what's going to come out oh, of that? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. I am. I've changed my mind. I am in favor of it. Evidently, I'm a swing voter on the issue of <laughs> smashing the coffee machine. Mailbag. It's been months. Boy, that felt good. You see, folks. Four days a week, it's time for mailbag. But on Fridays, uh, it's time for a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. His group has been working for months on making this not only the biggest Trump flotilla of the year, but the biggest flotilla ever. You're not better than Jesus or Ulysses S. Grant. You just came later. If uh, stupid people aren't elected next year, we're going to have one of the greatest years. No fair, that's way cooler than my story, said his older brother, Arby. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Trump golfs. Name a blue city where black people's lives have gotten better. Try. I'll wait. I hereby second the nomination of Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont. I don't lie in restaurants anymore. How is everything? I don't like it here. (laughs) I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart. I'm so very, very sorry. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. When someone smiles at me, all I see is a chimpanzee begging for its life. that last night for the kids they loved the oh, man with they? the world's lowest voice how could they not yeah oh man that was a great cow that was. i really enjoyed that Very entertaining. yeah mailbag hey, yeah. nice note from logan here who's a 19 year old human being living near portland oregon 
Every so often he says, I go into my social media and look at the absolute crap being reposted by all of my friends. One day I stumbled upon what I think is the greatest Thomas Sowell quote ever. He writes, and this is our freedom-loving quote of the day from Logan. Activism is a way for useless people to feel important, even if the consequences of their activism are counterproductive for those they claim to be helping and damaging to the fabric of society as a whole. Uh, way to paraphrase that was the mistake motion for action. Uh, quite the night in Portland last night. We'll have to get oh into the details gosh, yeah. later. Another night of rioting. I listen to you guys every day in hopes to escape the useless activism in which I see my everyday. I see in my everyday life. Thanks, Jack and Joe. You're welcome, sir. Thank you for the note. Glad to have you along. And then, speaking of the freedom-loving quote of the day, in the few moments we have, we got this note from Scott in beautiful Danville, California. He says, I like to save quotes and was particularly inspired by your freedom-loving quote of the day by Milton Friedman on Monday. Um, blah, blah, blah. So he was typing it into his phone, and it tried to auto-fill in the next word. And it was the quote about a society that puts equality before freedom will get neither. A society that puts freedom before equality will get a high degree of, and the end of the quote is both, but his phone tried to auto-fill in will get a high degree of racism. Well, that's weird. It equality, freedom, or racism? That's weird. How did that happen? That is so strange. I well, mean, is his phone woke? <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about last night and some other news coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. It's troubling. We're going to put it at the website. Uh, i got to tweet it out real quick. Um, A's game. Oakland A's. Long foul ball. Hits a fan in the stands right in the head. The fan was a giant stuffed bear. (laughs) Probably looking at his phone. (laughs) Probably staring at his phone. Didn't read his ticket. No. You're responsible for paying attention. To field right. on the- it's your own risk. Not exactly. a TV show. Head on a swivel, youngin. Right. <laughs> the video is pretty funny. <laughs> no, doesn't America need that right exactly. now? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Giant <laughs> stuffed bear. Like, pretty big. Like, human-sized. Yes. And they've got them spread around uh, the baseball stadium. <clears throat> Ball hits it right in the middle of the head. <laughs> <laughs> Any, wow. any idea if they put, like, a bandage around the bear's head and put it back in the seat <laughs> later? Oh, that would have been great. That would be a very little basic. whimsy. Yes. And they showed it on a replay. The announcer said, I can't bear to watch. You know, they had fun with it. And Tom Brenneman issues an anti-gay, uh, anti-bear gay anti slur. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, stepped on my own punchline. Yeah, that baseball announcer goes with some sort of that bear-must-be-gay thing. <laughs> <laughs> some awkward bear <laughs> reference, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, not good. So, did you watch the uh, former vice president give a speech last night? It was something. It was the first uh, moments of the convention that I had watched. Um, and as we said earlier, he absolutely uh, was above the very low bar of not coming off as a guy who's not capable of doing that. So, about a twenty-five minute speech in total. It did seem. That's why it seemed so long. It's, as it was. <laughs> it seemed plenty long. Oh yeah, it was way too long. But of course, I didn't. I don't know. Number one, I don't swing his way. Number two, I'm just so exhausted by the political cliches of our time, and it was thick with them and the dishonesty and the rest of it. 
Um, and just I've heard Biden for years. I just yeah. there wasn't much there. But you know there didn't, didn't mention need corn to be. pop once. Uh, but as as all conventions I've ever seen, you know the the biographical video they put up put on there to run before the speech was great and, and uh, it, it was moving very well put yeah. together and and they all are I've I've seen it for you know. John Kerry and Walter Mondale and uh, Mitt Romney and many other people that didn't win. Right. <laughs> but those, are, those I found, are always good. I found myself wishing Bo Biden were around to vote for. Seemed like a straight arrow, like a good guy. I was listening to a podcast yesterday with Chris Matthews on it. He's Joe Biden's son who died of brain cancer, for those who don't know everybody in politics, including their offspring. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I had Chris Matthews on it. Remember, he got fired from MSNBC? Sure. Um, and then this guy who's on uh, a political show on Showtime uh, called The Circus, Walton McKinnon. I don't remember his last name, but he's a political operative. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about on this podcast, he said, man, 20 years ago when I was working at these, like he was big time. He rode in the limo with, with W to the convention speech, for instance, mm. you know, going over the notes. So you're you're pretty, pretty high up at that. Yeah. Point. Oh, yeah. Um, it was interesting. He had an interesting story about W. He, uh, they're riding over the limousine and, and George W. Bush is 2000 and George W. Bush is uh, whistling and uh, this McKinnon fellow says, uh, you know, um, I just got to ask, aren't, aren't you a little nervous? And W said, no, nah, I'm not nervous at all. He said, I'm looking forward to this. This is I think a lot of people have misconceptions about me and I look forward to. You know, being letting people know who I am, and if they don't like me after that, that's fine. But I'm really looking forward to that. And I just thought yeah. that is a that's a person that can do that kind of job. I mean, the fact that you're riding over for that and just no, I'm I'm ready to go is uh you know not everybody would react that way. W so comfortable in his own skin. Yeah, I have plenty of gripes with the way he, he did things, but uh, yeah. He's a, an amazing guy in that way. That's You've made the point many times. Generally, it's the most authentic person who gets elected. I got that. I stole that from Chris Matthews. Him uh, saying, take credit. The guy who's Matthews most, is done. The We're gu- still on. The guy who comes off is more comfortable in the, their own skin almost always wins. And you go back over the years, that's, that's almost always true. Oh, with yeah. the exception of perhaps Nixon, who was never comfortable in his own skin. You mean skin. he wasn't looking over the latest focus group results polls on his <laughs> positions and figuring out where he needed to, to fit his rhetoric to appease them? He just said, no, I'm going to give people a view at who I am, and if they right, like me, cool. what I believe. Yeah. Uh, Nixon, while famously not comfortable in his own skin, had the uh, benefit of, of running at an extraordinary time in history in 68, especially, where people were terrified that America was falling apart. Sound familiar? Um, and then running against McGovern, who was just a joke of a candidate, and he's like the only exception I can come up with. I mean, even Carter, who is uh, half a dozen kinds of annoying, uh, he was what he seemed to be. Yeah, he's more comfortable being him than uh, than practically anybody. Anyway, yeah. um, uh, this McKinnon guy also said, "I've been working the. I worked at these conventions going back decades, and back then we were talking constantly about how do we end these things." How do, how do we oh, how do the we, conventions? Yeah, the idea of the convention they they they're pointless. How do we how do we get how do we get away from this? Is there a negative? I mean, why did he want to end it? If it was a TV show he could get on the air, was it just because it was just so dumb? I don't know. I, I They must not see any benefit in it. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not sure there is any benefit in it. And so if there's no benefit for anybody, what does it do? Well, it's enormously expensive. Yeah, and, and a that might huge be pain in the butt to put together. Mm-hmm. I mean, an unimaginable un, un, pain in the butt. If I was going to come up with a reason for doing it, I, I assume more people... 
focused last night on Joe Biden than have thus far. It was a focus point. Yes, exactly. I think you could have created that a different way. I don't know. Maybe you couldn't. Well, the even Fox News, I mean, all of the networks, including obviously the news networks, referred to it repeatedly as the Democratic National Convention, even though it wasn't. And as we've made the point many times, the convention has been ridiculously unnecessary for 50 years. But still, the media called it a convention and covered it like crazy. That's that's your focal point. But uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. They could probably come up with a, a way if each uh, if the parties got together with the big networks and said, "Hey, look, we're each going to have a kickoff night. It's going to be a two-hour made-for-TV special, slick, entertaining speakers, videos, whatever. You get this night, we'll get that. I think that would work. I love the idea that the R's and the D's get together and pick the time, roughly now in August, in an election year, and say it's a kickoff night, one night, not not a whole week." Or back-to-back nights, you know, flip a coin, one gets Wednesday, the other one gets Thursday, however you want to do it. Mm -hmm. But not this ridiculousness. Anywho, um, uh, I think most people feel like Biden uh, cleared the bar of uh, seeming like he's not going to wander out into the woods or something like that. And there's plenty of time between now and then and uh, now in the election. And uh, I assume at some point he's going to debate or answer questions. And you don't know how he's going to come off then, as opposed to a speech that I assume he practiced the hell out of. Oh, yeah. He delivered it well. Yeah, the vulnerability is not over for Biden because he does have a tendency to really wander down uh, hallways, rhetorically yeah, speaking, so, and not be sure how to get back. So Molly Hemingway, I was going through Twitter, I, I almost like taking an echo chamber more than watching the actual events at this point. But I was watching, reading Molly Hemingway from The Federalist, and she was mocking Politico for their gushing praise of Obama the night before oh, yeah. and then Biden last night. And it is just no reporter should ever say that sort of stuff. They even if sound you, like a teenager in love. Yeah, even if you like the speech. I mean, come on, have some dignity. Tucker Carlson had a uh, had a series of clips of the uh, the folks gushing over Michelle Obama and then Barack Obama. He was mocking it as the new religion. And it is it is the the praise was quasi-religious slash like, uh, really sexually aroused. I mean, the things people say only when they're either in the presence of God as they see God or about to get it on. I mean, it was an utter, they just, their dignity was completely gone. But Politico said something along the lines of, here was a Hall of Fame player who maybe had lost a little off of his, his uh, you know, uh, fastball or whatever, stepping up to the plate in the biggest game of his life. And having the biggest moment of his life. And and I was going through some of the retweets and, or, or some of the comments on that tweet. And somebody made the point, and I thought it was really good. Yeah, the problem is, in that scenario, it's kind of a, at the end of their career, one last time, they, you know, they make the basket, they hit the home run or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning of a four-year stretch for this particular Old Hall of Famer. That's an astute point. That is a very astute point. And while he did, in maybe the biggest speech of his life, come through, you got four and a half years to go. And he's got a no-trade clause. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Although he does have a uh, a backup yeah. who is uh, utterly unpopular. <laughs> you know, things that weren't mentioned this week at all that I'm sure will get mentioned a lot next week. How do you go through that speech? How do you talk about Charlottesville? We'll get into that later in the violence then and this and that. And not 
reference all the violence going on right now? While you were speaking, Joe Biden, there was a mob trying to tear down a federal building in Portland, for instance. Has been for weeks. And has been for weeks. And what's going on in Chicago and Seattle and all over the country? How do you not even mention that during the week? I guess because there's no way to spin it because they're all Democrat-controlled cities. I don't know. I think that's it. It, it, There's no upside for him to mention that stuff. I haven't verified it's a this, disaster. but I saw uh, somebody uh, in media tweeted that China didn't come up at all this week. Uh, that seems like a pretty damned big issue. Yeah, I'm trying to remember in the speech if he touched on it. I know he mentioned Russia. I can't remember, and I ought to remember. That's kind of my thing. Uh, right, yeah. Well, it's again, it's not about truth. It's not about the United States. It's not about the people. It's about getting people to vote. And it's it's an exercise in uh, rhetoric, some soaring, some idiotic, in, in frightening people, in enticing them, in bribing them, and, and, and reinforcing their, their wrong-headed ideas. It's just, there are some days I'm in the mood for politics, and just last night I just was sickened by the whole thing. Uh, I, I try to watch these things as... Uh, me, a conservative libertarian type person, and as a Democrat, try to assess it from their point of view how it went, um, and and then try to blend the two when we talk about it on the show. But just speaking personally, it just oh god, I'm so tired of the cliches and and the half truths and the rest of it. Like I was saying before, the stuff about the tax cut, a huge giveaway to the rich. I mean, even the Washington Post, for God's sake, gave that like three and two thirds Pinocchios. I mean, it's just. And yet there he was, loud and proud, and I could hear all of you, yeah, yeah, to give away to the rich. It's like, oh, God, what are we doing? <laughs> I guess the thing would be for the younger, woker crowd that, you know, is so animated by so many different things, did anything Biden said? Because he, he talked a lot about, you know, reaching out across the aisle and being president for everyone, and that's not really the tenor of at least the Twitter politics right now he hit the climate change pretty hard yeah that's a big one for the youngsters that could be yeah Yeah. and it's funny every time i hear that lately i think oh yeah that i remember that people used to talk about that i know it's so important to so many people and i never think about it but well especially now no with uh, the vid about and the economy choking and the rest of it depends on where you live but uh, any of the coverage i've been following about the fires on the west coast always end up being a story about climate change and trump uh, Trump caused these fires. <laughs> yeah, he ran around lighting them. Um, anyway, what did you think? Uh, 415-295-KFTC. We don't need to dwell on this. And, and usually, there is a bump coming out of these conventions for both candidates. They get a little bump, and then it settles back down to where it was before. Then the next convention comes, and they get a little bump. I don't know if that'll happen this time or not, since it was online and on your phone. And I guess we'll find out together. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. the next out. several days. I don't... And I don't care. Exactly. Who freaking cares? <laughs> Who possibly could care? Oh, you know, we oh we need to take a break. Yeah, we do. I was going to say, we have an unusual number of young listeners for a, a talk radio show like this. Um, and, and because I, all the Taylor Swift we play. And I, uh, I hate to be like we are this morning, because the youngsters are going through this for the first, maybe the second time. And, and they're engaged. They're excited. They're fired up. And, and it's good. It's good for you. We need the country Good needs for you. you. No, I didn't use that tone of voice. <laughs> you kind of like, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was that kind of in the background. <laughs> but good for you. The country needs energy like yours. But I just a child. Uh, <laughs> what do I say every time I meet a young person who's a listener? Ah, every time you're the future of America. <laughs> That's good. And they always laugh. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I mean it. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, I guess we'll talk about Steve Bannon getting arrested later because I don't want to hit more politics. I hope he didn't do it. If he did do it, that's a scumbag thing to do, man. Really uh, scumbag thing to do. Yeah, well, yeah. I have an opinion on the whole thing, and it is not charitable. Here's an idiot Which for is you. a shame because I really admire him as a thinker in a lot of ways. Oh, more about last night, uh, a little on the convention uh, coming up later. Also, some uh, where we are COVID-wise and all that sort of thing. Yeah, some really interesting COVID information and... Uh, an opinion on the George Floyd thing that may turn your head around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely outside the narrative. Here's an idiot for you. Florida? No way. Okay. <laughs> uh, Clearwater Police Department in Florida is describing the unfortunate plight of a 27-year-old man who is accused of swiping more than a dozen scratch-off lottery tickets from a local speedway. That's their uh, convenience store of choice there. So far, so good. Routine uh, shoplift. Yeah, he, he grabs a handful of these tickets. Idiot. One of them, uh, well, several of them win at various levels. One was 30 bucks, a couple of <laughs> small amounts, about 100 bucks worth of winning. Mm. Goes Absolutely ba- worth risking arrest. Goes back to the same store to try to cash in. So what do you do with that person? <laughs> That's my question. I mean, one if you're, I guess, in the old-timey radio, dumb crook story. But I've always looked at it as, what do you do with this human being? Right. Well, they're going to continue to make other people's lives less enjoyable. Right. For a long time, if not forever. The answer for the entirety of human history is administer increasingly serious uh, uh, negative consequences. Until he is convinced that it is not worth the trouble to do what he does to make people's lives worth, as you put it. The new philosophy is you just turn them loose. Because it's not a big deal. Not a big deal. Not a huge crime. You're going to put somebody in prison for stealing lottery tickets? And he's probably hungry because of of Trump's economy. And racism. Um, uh, Yeah, but I, I honest to God, I mean, if that were your kid, what would you think? I mean, you don't have a law enforcement situation. You got a straightening them out situation. (laughs) What do you do? You just think, oh my God. Yeah, I, I guess you hope they're on drugs and that that wasn't a. A sober decision to do that? <laughs> right. Well, this is what makes me cuckoo nuts. What you do is self-evident and has been for all of human history. Increasingly serious consequences. Yeah. But the pe- people are so insane. They've gotten so swept up in their idiotic ideology. We've, we've brought you the story. We played the tape. The guy who got his bike stolen in San Francisco said, you know, I'm, I'm glad they stole it because obviously they need it more than me. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. How do you communicate with that person? Where do you even start? What color is the sky in your world? Do you have gravity there? Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have outlawed headdresses at the ball games now. You can't wear the big Indian Chief headdress. Oh, boy. I wasn't going to anyway, but... Have they... I haven't seen particular polling on this, but I think there's at least a decent chance that Indians aren't bothered by this. They think it's kind of cool. But uh, I'm not positive on that. Doesn't matter. That doesn't enter into it. Is it? Is there no cultural celebration 
right? Why, me dressing up and trying to... I, I look at some of these things like olive branches. Like, hey, I know I'm not this, but your exactly. culture is cool. Yeah, right. it's Trying cool. to fold it into my existence. Yeah, exactly. That is what's going on. If you eliminate all the, quote, appropriations that exist... The idea of a chief used to wear a headdress will just disappear into history and nobody even know existed. Is that better? Is that better for him? I think that's I why a lot of Indian tribes, when you hear about these things, say, no, we think it's all right. We think it's fine that they named it for this or that. Right. When I snap and, and commit my first murder, uh, it may well be over cult, the idea of cultural appropriation in music because it makes me so insane. People who throw that around. Yeah, you go somewhere or you hear music you've never heard before and you think, oh, my God, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. And it seeps into your consciousness and your brain. Then it seeps into your music as if that's some sort of theft. Anybody claiming that might be on the receiving end of my rage. (laughs) Uh, Again, it's like the guy was glad his bike got stolen. I don't even know how do you have. Did you speak English? You seem to. Okay, all right. That's a start. Can we agree on anything? Are are little bunnies cute? Would you rather not be ripped apart by a bear? Do you have any capacity for reason? (laughs) Uh, So we should talk a little bit about uh, Biden's big night last night. He cleared the very low bar that was about an inch off the ground. Um, He did not drool. (laughs) So, So it's considered a win, among other things that we need to discuss. Stay with us.